welcome to Bangor Community Church Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed today as you hear the Word of God. I want to welcome um, Brian this morning. And um, as I've said before, Brian stands in the office of a prophet. So um, often the Lord will give a prophetic, a prophet a particular message for them to preach in a particular season. That season could last, what, weeks, months, years, I don't know. But Brian is holding and carrying a prophetic word about restitution, and I wanted him to come in and minister it here for us to receive. So get your notebooks out, open up your hearts, and receive this message this morning. Amen? Hallelujah. Welcome him, church. Praise the Lord. If you all went home now, you'd be blessed. Amen? Hasn't it been good? You've already had the presence of God. Amen? Wonderful exhortation, wonderful words from God. Absolutely amazing. But there's more. (laughs) Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you for the word today. God, we just bless you and praise you for this gathering, our gathering in your presence. Lord, the ecclesia, the called out ones. Lord, we're here to hear from you, hear from God. Hallelujah. Hear that word that will feed our spirits, feed our hearts, Lord God, that will minister to us, make us stronger, equip us, and strengthen us for the work ahead. God, we just thank you for that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Yes, um, well, the Lord gave me this message um, out of what we experienced, you know, when we were heading to... uh, Florida, Orlando, uh, to meet up with our family, and uh, Kevin and Crystal were already over there, uh, to go to the Global Church Network Conference, the Synergize 2022 Conference. Uh, You know the story. Uh, Pastor Karen was was denied boarding, and I've always been able to get her onto planes and um, through uh, border security and things like that on the basis of who I am as an American citizen, uh, Karen obviously being married to myself, and um, any restrictions in the past, and I, I could show it online, you know, um, where immediate family members were exempt from any kind of restrictions, immediate family members of American citizens were exempt. Um, They even had a recording on the U.S. Embassy website saying that most immediate family members of U.S. citizens were exempt from any restrictions, Uh, went to pre-clearance, the U.S. pre-clearance in Dublin, and they said, oh, that's an old recording. (laughs) Old recording. And I was, I I tell you, you know, when they're not allowing your wife to board, I tell you what, I tell you, um, one gentleman who... uh, we met, I met later, just a couple of days later, uh, Dave Roever, who is a uh, ex-Navy SEALs, um, and he has a tremendous, tremendous testimony and, and has blessed hundreds of thousands of people, if not millions of people, um, with his testimony. He said, uh, stab me with a knife, uh, beat me with a lead pipe, but don't touch my wife. <laughs> don't touch my wife. And, uh, you know, so I, t- uh, you know, we did everything. We did absolutely everything to, to try and overcome the obstacle. But it was the airline in the end that uh, forbade the travel, uh, fearing the CDC uh, fine of 10,000 pounds for putting anyone on the plane that wasn't vaccinated who wasn't a U.S. citizen. Didn't apply to U.S. citizens. You didn't have to be vaccinated. But um, anyway... Praise God, it was, it was right after that, the week following, where again, we were approaching every 
kind of authority to get breakthrough. Uh, U.S. Embassy, Washington, uh, Governor's Office, DeSantos in Florida, everything. God gave me this verse. He gave me the verse in Luke 18. Luke 18, and I'll read this to you. Um, Jesus told a parable that man ought always to pray and to faint not. In verse 2, it says there was in a, cert in a certain city a judge who feared not God nor regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of my adversary. Avenge me of my adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her. Say, I will avenge her. Lest by her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said, Jesus said, Hear what the unjust judge says. This is the word that God gave me. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry unto him day and night, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Say, avenge them speedily. <laughs> Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, shall he find faith on the earth. I believe this this absolutely applies to our time. I believe it's a word of God for the whole church, for the whole church. The Lord says here, hear what the unjust judge says, shall not God avenge his own elect, his own elect. That word elect there means God's favorite. Tell your neighbor, I'm God's favorite. <laughs> yeah, God's favorite. Hallelujah. Shall he not avenge his own elect, his own chosen, his own special people, his own favorites, which cry unto him day and night, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Say speedily. Speedily. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know that word venge there, avenge, means take vengeance for, uh, exact retribution for, requite, pay someone back, get even with someone on your behalf. Um, and in the, the Greek, it has four very, very clear meaning, meanings. The first one is vindicate. The Lord will vindicate you. Okay, that means clear from blame, declare you innocent, exonerate you, and show you to be in the right. Hallelujah. You know, it goes along with uh, like uh, Isaiah chapter 54, where it says, No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. Any tongue that rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. You know, this is the heritage of the, the Lord, and their righteousness is of me. Their righteousness is of me. So if anybody wants to contend with you that you're, you're you know, on the basis of your righteousness, the Lord goes, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> Their righteousness is of me. He silences the argument. He vindicates you. He speaks up on your behalf. Amen. He takes your side. We have an advocate with the Father, a representative, a high priest before the throne of God that, that takes up our case and vindicates us, declares us innocent, and shows us to be in the right. Hallelujah. We're the redeemed. Amen. Hallelujah. So how many of you want God to vindicate you? to vindicate you, you know, to stand on your behalf and, and speak on your behalf. Amen. The other one, uh, another verb that is part of the retaliate uh, Hebrew and the, the Greek part is retaliate, okay? Uh, the word for vengeance is also retaliate. It means to fight back, to strike back, to counterattack, okay? 
Fight back, strike back, counterattack. How many of you want God to strike back, counterattack on your behalf? <laughs> Amen. Shall not God avenge his own speedily? He'll vindicate you. He will retaliate for you. How many of you have heard that phrase, vengeance is mine, says the Lord? Vengeance is mine. You know, yes, he said, pray for your enemies, bless them. But the Lord says, vengeance is mine. I, I'll repay. <laughs> the Lord says, I'll repay. That's my job. That's my job. And the Lord says that he will retaliate on your behalf. He will strike back, counterattack. Praise God. Um, and you can see this in, in Scripture, and we're going to go to some examples. Another one is punish. Okay, again, in the Greek, another word for vengeance is punish. It means inflict a penalty, capitalize on an opponent's mistake, and literally like the, the thesaurus, I looked it up for punish. It literally means like tan or whip somebody's hide. How many of you want God to tan or whip, you know, whip the devil's hide on your behalf? Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. He said, I'll rebuke the devourer on your behalf, didn't he? You know, and, uh, and, and this is God saying, shall not God avenge his own elect speedily? Amen? Speedily. He will tan somebody's hide, you know, the devil's hide on your behalf. Hallelujah. Amen. Capitalize on an opponent's mistake. And that means he'll, he'll make the devil regret he ever touched you. Amen? Ever went after you, ever harmed you, ever damaged you, ever, ever caused you to experience loss. And the third one is compensate. The Lord will compensate you. It's, it's a wonderful, wonderful aspect of vengeance. God will compensate. He will re recompense and remunerate. He will bring restoration, restitution, Restor, or reparation, all these words, compensation, re recompense, restitution, remuneration. God will give you payback. He'll settle the score. Again, whatever you've lost. And we're going to go into that in detail. But you see these, these uh, truths in Scripture. You see these truths in Scripture where uh, the Lord, you know, brought vengeance. He brought payback. On our behalf, we're going to go to Joshua in chapter, chapter 8. Joshua in chapter 8. And it says in, in Joshua, how many of you remember AI? You remember AI? You know, when I was uh, reading this and God was, was bringing this out to me, you have to remember things, uh, what, what had actually happened here. Remember, originally when Egypt... When they were coming out of Egypt, Moses was bringing the children of Israel out of Egypt. Uh, you had the 10 spies going in to the land, or the 12 spies. You had, had two spies, Joshua and Caleb, giving a good report. You had 10 spies giving a bad report. And because of that bad report and because of the unbelief of the Jewish people at that time, even though they had seen the signs and wonders in Egypt when they came to Jordan, when they, when they looked at the promised land and they were spying it out, they said, you know, we can't take it. There are giants in the land. There, there are people there. We're, we're like grasshoppers in their sight. These are strong cities. We can't do it. And Joshua and Caleb, as you know, were of a different spirit, the Bible says. They were, they were men of faith. Praise God. They said, no, 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 don't, don't believe it. That's a bad report. God is able. We can go. We can go in. We can take the land, you know. And, and they 
they were ready to take the land. But because the children of Israel wept and because they had unbelief in their heart, Joshua was confined to the wilderness for another 40 years, waiting for that generation to die out because they didn't get the promise of God. So when Joshua was coming back into the promised land, after Moses' death, when, when the Lord says, Moses, my servant, is dead, Joshua, arise and go into the promised land and divide for the land, you know, to divide the land as an inheritance unto my people. Joshua was ready for vengeance. He, he was ready <clears throat> to go in with everything in him. He was, he was absolutely committed <clears throat> To, uh, to taking uh, the promised land and getting what he, what he had waited 40 years for. 40 years for. So you know the story. When they came to Jericho, uh, the Lord had given them the battle plan. They marched around it seven times. You know, they shouted. They shouted on the seventh shout, and, and the walls fell down. You know, and, and God did these wonderful miracles and just prior to that, had divided the Jordan River for them. They walked across on dry land, dry land just like the Red Sea. And they saw this great victory uh, with Jericho, and God destroyed their enemies. And uh, right before, right before they shouted on that seventh march around the walls, Joshua had told all the people, make sure that you don't touch the unclean thing, don't, that you don't take anything unto yourself. Uh, do not... Allow yourself to be covetous. Do not allow yourself to be accursed, and you trouble us, okay, by taking what you're not supposed to take. He had actually given that exact exhortation before they shouted the seventh time, and then they shouted, and the walls fell down. Well, as you know, the next place they went to in Joshua chapter 7 and 8 was Ai, and it was a small city, and they're ready for this next great victory. They've just seen God destroy the walls of, of Jericho, and they've just taken that city. And uh, they went to Ai, and the spies that went and viewed it said, look, it's a small city, you know, send a few thousand, and don't worry about it, don't, don't make all the people go, and we'll take care of it, you know. And when they did, they had to run and turn their backs from their enemies. The, the men of Ai came out of the city began to beat back the children of Israel, and the children of Israel had to run, and it was like 36 Israelites fell by the sword. They, they, the Ai, men of Ai prevailed against them, and it says Joshua was distraught. He hit the ground on his face and said, God, what shall I say when Israel is turning their, their backs on their, on their enemies, you know, and, uh, and, and we've, we've been slain like this. The, the nations round about, the peoples round about are going to hear about this. They're all going to gather together, and they're going to wipe our name from the face of the earth. And what's going to happen to your great name? I mean, he hit the ground, you know. And it says that they, they just, him and the elders of Israel did not know what to do. And they just were on their face till even time before the Lord. And it says the Lord told them, get up. Get up, Joshua. Get up. Why are you on your face? They have taken of the accursed thing. Children of Israel have taken of the accursed thing. Uh, and, he, and the Lord says, until you deal with it, I'll no longer be with you. You will, you will flee from your enemies. I'll no longer fight on your behalf until you remove that accursed thing. And so the Lord gave Joshua the plan. And he said, Joshua, you know, you're going to have to go out and you're going to have to 
to have all the people come before you, all the tribes, okay, I'll show you the tribe, then have uh, the families of the tribes march before, I'll show you the family, then have the households of that, that tribe march before you, I'll show you the household, and then have man by man come by, I'll show you the one. And who did they come up with? Achan. Achan. What have you done, Achan? Achan says, I confess, I saw a Babylonian garment, I saw silver, I saw gold, uh, I coveted it, I hid it in my tent, I hid it in my tent. And uh, so Joshua sent messengers, they found it as exactly as he said. And Joshua said, Achan, you've troubled Israel, we're about to trouble you, okay? And he took him and he, he stoned his whole household, his family, everything, whole household, and burned them with fire after they were stoned, it says. And uh, Joshua was livid. You know why? Because he was facing another 40 years, <laughs> which he didn't have time for. He, he was not somebody that was going to go back for another 40 years in the desert, waiting for another generation to die out before he got his inheritance. You know, he was... He was and, and it says here that Joshua, uh, after that, you know, they, they took all the men of war out to Ai, and, and the Lord told him how to take the city. The Lord says, okay, don't worry about it. I'll be with you now, okay? You've put the sin away. You put the sin away, and the church has to put the sin away. And, and, uh, and wonderfully, uh, it says that the Lord gave them the plans to put part of the people, like 5,000 people behind the city, and to come out with the rest of the people in front of the city, and the, then to flee before the men of Ai as if they were beaten down again, like they were being chased, and, and they were fleeing again from the men of Ai. And it says when they did that, the men that were behind the city would come around and enter the city and burn the city with fire. And when the men that were fleeing saw the smoke going up of the city, then they would turn on the men of Ai and wipe out the men of Ai. And the, it says that the men of Ai fell for it. Every single man of Ai went out chasing after the Israelites as they, they were fleeing, as if in fear. And it says the, the group that was behind of the Israelites came and, and slew the city, and it says they, they burned it with fire. And the men of Ai then were caught between those who had turned now to fight with them, who were fleeing, and the men who were coming out of the city, the Israelites coming out of the city after burning it. And uh, they were caught in the middle, and it says here, in verse 22 of Joshua 8, uh, starting verse 21, Joshua and all the Israel saw that the ambush had taken the city and that the smoke of the city ascended and they of the city, and they turned again and slew the men of Ai and the other issued out of the city against them. So they were in the midst of Israel, some on this side, some on that side, and they smote them so that none of them remained or escaped. And the king of Ai they took and brought him to Joshua. And it came to pass when Israel had made an end of slaying all the inhabitants of Ai. They slew everyone right here. And it was as God had commanded because of the, the sin. But it says, uh, verse 25, when it fell that day of the men and women, 12,000, even all the men of Ai, for Joshua drew not his, his uh, hand back wherewith he stretched out the spear until he had utterly destroyed all the inhabitants of Ai. I mean, he, he was absolutely, absolutely 100% committed to getting vengeance you know, back on this breach, breach in, in the, the victory that 
they were supposed to experience. And uh, it says, he burned AI with fire and made it a heap forever in verse 28. You know, and this is just one of those instances where, you, again, you had to see it from Joshua's perspective. It, it's hard to take in the Old Testament. I know today we wrestle not against flesh and blood, the Bible says, you know, against principalities and, and powers. But this was Joshua defending the move of God, the work of God in the midst of Israel, you know, through whom God was going to bring forth Christ, right? Um, and another example of this, and I'm going to go a little faster here because I don't want to take up too much time, but in 1 Samuel, in chapter 30, how many of you remember Ziklag? Ziklag is another place where uh, David, David experienced a, a defeat, you know, what looked like a defeat initially, again, and, but the, the, the defeat was turned into a victory. So in 1 Samuel, in chapter 30, here you've got in verse 1, Israel coming back to Ziklag, all the men that were with David coming back to Ziklag on the third day. Um, and it says, as men were come to Ziklag on the third day, uh, that the Amalekites had invaded the south, and Ziklag uh, had been smitten and burned with fire. And these Amalekites had taken the women captive that were therein and slew not any, either small or great, but carried them away and went their way. So David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captive. And we know the story here again. You know, it says uh, David was greatly, greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him. Uh, they came to a situation where their city was burned with fire. Uh, their families were taken all of their goods were taken, anything of value was taken, you know, and they, they didn't know where to turn or what to do. And after all the, the victory they experienced, this is, this is what was facing them. And they did not know how to, to get out of that situation, but it said David, David called on the Lord, okay? He called on the Lord. He inquired. He, he held on to God. It says he encouraged himself in God. And the word encouraged there means he literally took hold of God and wouldn't let go. You know, and he said, bring me here the, the ephod. You know, the ephod was where they inquired of God during that time. You know, and it says that he uh, asked the Lord. He said, shall I pursue? Shall I pursue? So David inquired, this is verse 8, David inquired, shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he, the Lord, answered him, pursue, for you shall surely overtake them and without fail recover all. Isn't that an awesome word? Isn't that an awesome word to hear? You shall surely, okay, you shall surely overtake them and without fail recover all. But I'll tell you, there are some things that happen to you in life, you know, where people, they, they don't inquire of God. They, they just take it. You know, they just, it's like, oh, you know, I've suffered this great loss. Oh, why did this happen? You know, why, why did God allow this? You know, God didn't allow it. <laughs> God didn't allow it. It wasn't, it's not in the character of God to allow something like that. He doesn't have any part with that. You know, it's the enemy. We all have an enemy. The scripture says we have an adversary. But this is, is powerful. David inquired, and the Lord says, hey, I've got restitution for you. Amen? I've got, I've got restoration. I, I've got recompense. 
okay? I've, I've got punishment lined up, okay, for those who have troubled you. Praise God. I, I'm going to restore. I'm going to repay. I'm going to counterstrike. I'm going to fight back on your behalf. Amen? I'm, I'm going to give you a recompense. Hallelujah. So it was absolutely powerful. You know, um, you know the story again, just quickly. Uh, David found an Egyptian that was uh, lying on the ground, and he had been abandoned by his uh, master, and he hadn't eaten or drunk in three days, uh, but this servant had been sick, and that's why he was abandoned. So David said to him, he says, can you bring us down to this multitude? And he said, yeah, we, I can. You know, if you don't turn me over to my master... Um, and you don't kill me, I'll, I'll, I'll bring you down to them. And he, and he did. So he brought uh, David down. And it says, when they came upon them, uh, when they came upon them, they smote them. <laughs> okay. So David pursued, and they, they found them, and they, they smote them. So let me give you the, the verses here in First Samuel 30. It says in verse 16, when he had brought them down, behold, they were spread abroad upon all the earth, eating and drinking and dancing because of all the great spoil that they had taken out of the land of the Philistines uh, and out of the land of Judah. And David smote them from the twilight even to the evening of the next day, and there escaped not a man of them. Say, not a man. Not a man of them save 400 young men that rode away on camels and fled. And David... And David recovered all, recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away. And David rescued his two wives. And there was nothing lacking to them. Say nothing lacking. Nothing lacking to them. Neither small nor great, neither sons nor daughters, neither spoil nor anything. Say anything that they had taken to them. But David recovered all. And not only that, they got great spoil, flocks and herds and everything else, and they were financially uh, blessed in that extensively and amazingly as well. And again, this is where God brought restitution, recompense, restoration, you know, where God fought back on their behalf, and they were able to recover all. And this is a word that God is saying to you. It's a word that God is saying to you. You don't have to take up with the loss and the damage and the pain and the suffering the enemy has inflicted. You can get payback. Tell your neighbor, you can get payback today. <laughs> you can get payback. Hallelujah. You know, um, in Isaiah in chapter 61, Jesus, when he, when he began his ministry, he said this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor, he sent me to heal the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of the prison door to those who are bound, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, and it says he sat down. Well, guess what? The, that verse isn't finished. It's not finished. And I and other prophets, other ministries, uh, believe this is exactly what God is saying now uh, we had a prophecy for Marilyn Hickey and Sarah Hickey, Pastor Karen and I, um, at, in Dundalk when she came and ministered there. Or was it Balamina? Balamina. When she came and ministered there. And one of the prophecies that was spoken out by Sarah, as, as Marilyn was there as well, these are generals in the body of Christ, uh, was that when you see the turning of the page, the Lord says, call upon me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which you know not. When you see the turning of the page, and we were always like, 
when's the turning of the page? When's the turning of the page? At this conference that we were just at uh, last weekend where Pastor George gave that prophecy, there was a minister from South Africa that came on via Zoom, and he used that exact phrase. He said, I believe this is the turning of the page. The turning of the page. We are right before the coming of the Lord. How many of you know that? Every sign says it. Every word of God says it. Jesus says, I'm coming back very, very soon, sooner than you think. And so what is the next verse there? It says, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. The day of vengeance of our God. I believe God's prophetically, in his timing right now, he's turning the page. He's saying, this applies now. This applies now. Declaring the day of vengeance of our God. I mean, and, and it, is, it is the church's time. It is our time. What the Lord is saying is, number one, the first thing he does with vengeance is he acts on your behalf. Vengeance is on your behalf, the church. Say, say vengeance is on my behalf. <laughs> vengeance is on my behalf. And what is that vengeance again? You know, it's vindication. Okay, vindication, it's retaliation, it's, it's punishment where it's needed, it's recompense, it's payback. And the Lord is saying that this is the time for the body of Christ to get payback, to get your recompense. You don't have to suffer again loss and just say, say la vie, what will be will be, you know, whatever happens, happens. No, no, no. God says you don't have to suffer loss anymore. Tell your neighbor you don't have to suffer loss. <laughs> you don't have to suffer damage no way. Praise God. God is on your side. And uh, again, just confirming this in the New Testament, let's look at uh, 2 Thessalonians. 2 Thessalonians in chapter 1. I've got it here. I'm having to fly around here because I don't have a computer today. Praise God. But um, 1 Thessalonians, or 2 Thessalonians, sorry, chapter 1. And it says here, in verse 7, actually, I'll start in verse, uh, gosh, you have to go all the way back to, to verse 3, but it, Paul says, we're bound to thank God for you always, brethren, as it is meet, because your faith grows exceedingly, and the love of every one of you toward one another abounds, so that we ourselves glory in you. In the churches of God, for your patience and faith in your persecutions and tribulations which you endure, which is a manifold, manifest token of the righteous judgment of God that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God, for which you also suffer, seeing, here it is, seeing it is a righteous thing with God to recompense tribulation to those that trouble you. Okay? He's recompensing tribulation to those that trouble you, and to you who are troubled, rest with us. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking what? Vengeance. Taking vengeance on those which believe not and those who obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord. And from the power or the glory of his power. So this is saying here, for you who are troubled, 
rest with us, he's saying, because the Lord is coming with vengeance. Again, vengeance. In flaming fire, taking vengeance. And this is, it's, it's all a move of God right now. It's all what God is saying right now to his church, that he is coming with vengeance, praise God, and uh, that, that we are to, to know that God is favoring us in this time. Shall not God avenge his own elect, his favorites, speedily, speedily? Back to Luke chapter 18. This is what the Lord is saying. And again, uh, it's not just something like you sit back and be, and be a spectator. You have to take advantage of this. You've got to take it. You've got to take it. You've got to take it. You've got to accept it yourself and say, God, you're moving on my behalf. You're restoring. You're bringing reconciliation. You're bringing restoration. You're bringing restitution. You're bringing reparation. Lord, you're, you're counterattacking. You're fighting on my behalf. You're, you're punishing. You're, you're tanning the devil's hide on my behalf. Hallelujah. Lord, you're, you're giving me victory in all the affairs of life because this is the time God wants his church to shine. Amen? He wants his church to shine. He wants you to arise. He wants you to know exactly who you are. You are the redeemed. Amen? You are the redeemed. You're the ones that have been bought with a price. Praise God. You're the ones that are favored. You're the ones, uh, if you go and you continue reading in Isaiah 61, it says that you're worthy of double honor. You're worthy of double honor. Okay, because you are the redeemed of the Lord, praise God, walking on the highways of God. And, and uh, the, you know, this was something that Rodney Howard Brown, when we went to his uh, first, uh, first day of his conference in, in Orlando, Florida, his whole theme on that day was you're worthy of double honor. The Bible talks about those who labor in the word and doctrine are worthy of double honor. Double honor, double, double um, increase, you know, double blessing, double honor in every area of your life, finances, everything, and uh, absolutely amazing. So church, I'm telling you, you, you've got to arise, amen? You've got to arise. We, we don't just sit back, and one of the things that uh, Mario Murillo said, he said that the church has gotten a little off on the prophetic movement. He said, stop saying God's gonna. Stop saying God's gonna. Now, this is what we have said that God is doing, okay? But it's for you right now. It's for you right now. Don't, it's not something we just sit back and, okay, well, when's this happening? No, it's something you take unto yourself. Amen? You take unto yourself. And if I had time, I could go a bit, bit further here. But um, in uh, First Chronicles, no, not First Chronicles, it's... It's another verse. Um, it's for, yeah, First Chronicles in chapter 11. Uh, it talks about one of David's mighty men. And it says that he was with David. I'll just read you quickly. He was with David. It says in Pazdamem. So this is First Chronicles 11, 13. Eleazar was with David and passed a mem, And there the Philistines were gathered together to battle. And there was a parcel of ground full of barley, and the people fled before the Philistines. But they, it says, they, David and Eleazar, set themselves in the midst of that parcel and delivered it and slew the Philistines, and the Lord saved them with a great deliverance, a great deliverance. They set themselves. The church has to set itself in this time. You've got to set yourself. When you're setting yourself, there's no negotiation. You're saying, this is my field. 
<laughs> this is my family. This is my home. These are my blessings. This is the vision and dreams that God has given me. You've got to set yourself and let God act on your behalf. You're saying, no, there's no negotiation here. When Moses left Egypt, Pharaoh tried to negotiate. The enemy will try to negotiate with you. He said, you men go, leave your women and your little ones behind. Moses said, no, no, we're all going. He says, okay, well, you go, but leave your cattle behind. And Moses said, no, not a hoof's being left behind. <laughs> okay. No, we're taking our cattle as well. We've got a sacrifice to God. We don't know how long we're going to be out there. And in other words, there's no negotiation. You don't have to negotiate with the enemy. Tell your neighbor, you don't have to negotiate with your enemy. Just, just say, tell your neighbor, take it all. <laughs> take it all. Take everything that God's got for you. You've got to take everything the Lord has for you in this time. And this is part of the rising, part of the standing up. There are things that the body of Christ has put up with in the last two years we shouldn't have put up with. Okay? We are ruling, reigning as kings and priests in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? We are the most powerful entity on the earth today because we have the name of Jesus who has all authority in heaven and in earth. In heaven and in earth. And in earth. We're the church. Amen? And we've got a job to do of reaping the harvest, sharing Christ with the lost, reaching the generation that hasn't heard. Most of those are young people. They haven't heard. They're, they're roaming the streets at night till all hours, you know, and it used to be people partied on the weekend. Now they just party every night, you know. I mean, it's just crazy. There's a whole generation out there that hasn't heard. We're the ones that should be rising right now. Amen? Taking everything that's ours and, uh, and not putting up with anything that, that tries to oppose or resist, okay? Winding down, Second Chronicles in chapter 20. How many of you have heard of... Uh, Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat, it says in uh, verse 15 of 2 Chronicles 20, hearken ye all Judah, this is the prophet that's speaking to uh, King Hezekiah, or Jehoshaphat, and all of uh, Israel, it says, hearken all ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, be not afraid, nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Go down tomorrow against them. Behold, they come up by the cliffs of Ziz, and you shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. And you shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves. Say, set yourself. Set yourself. Once again, this is exactly what David and his mighty man, Eleazar, did. They set themselves in the barley field. God says, set yourselves. Set yourselves. Stand still. Praise God. Fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them. The Lord will be with you. And he says, stand still, see the salvation of the Lord. So this is exactly, again, what the scripture talks to us about in Ephesians 6.10, being strong in the Lord, the power of his might, standing, standing, resisting, being immovable, no negotiation. Amen. The scripture talks about it all over the place that we win by not moving. Amen? We win by standing. We win by setting ourselves. We win by taking what is ours in Christ. How many of you believe that today? Amen? We're going to say a prayer here. We're going to say a prayer and, and just exercise your faith with me. Exercise your faith with me. Praise God that you're going to get every one of these four points Praise God. You're going to get vindication. You're going to get retaliation. You're going to get punishment 
on your behalf, hallelujah, and recompense on your behalf. Amen? Again, how many of you want God to do that for you? Okay, so we're actively taking this, hallelujah. And when you take it, you're going to be in the best position just to move on and fulfill the ministry that God's got for you. Amen? And, King, you know, Kingdom Harvest and, and Bangor Community Church are going to be in the best position as you're receiving what is yours in Christ to go ahead and fulfill the ministry of reaching the lost in our generation. Amen? Praise God. That's, what, that's going to be our focus because our needs are going to be met in Christ Jesus by his riches and glory. Amen? Because we're taking it. Hallelujah. So, Father, we just thank you right now in Jesus' name. God, we thank you that you said that you would avenge your own. Lord God, you're righteous, you're elect speedily. And, Father, we just lift the needs up to you right now in this congregation. Father, we just bring the things that, that are important to us, the things that have been on our heart, Lord. Lord, areas where we've experienced loss or we've experienced damage. Father, we bring those areas to you in the name of Jesus, and we thank you. We thank you that you have said in your word, you will avenge us speedily. Lord, speedily, as we bring it before you, God, and, and we remind you even day and night, Father, you said you will avenge speedily. God, you will vindicate. Lord, you will vindicate. You will clear us from blame. Lord, you'll declare us innocent. Believe it and speak it with me. He will clear us from blame. He will de declare us innocent. He will exonerate us. He will show us to be in the right. He will retaliate for us. Amen. He will fight back for us. He will strike back for us. He will counterattack. Praise God. He will give us victory over our enemies. Praise God. He will inflict punishment. He will inflict a penalty. Uh, he will act on our behalf regarding principalities, powers, rulers of darkness. As we stand, as we believe, as we take our authority, hallelujah, we will capitalize on an opponent's mistake. Praise God. Uh, God will tan and whip somebody's hide on our behalf, hallelujah, so that we, we get back what belongs to us. The Bible says if you catch a thief, he has to restore sevenfold. Hallelujah. There's a sevenfold return minimum uh, that belongs to the body of Christ for everything that has been stolen from us, everything that has been taken. We take it back in the name of Jesus. Say it. I take it back. In the name of Jesus, I take it back. Hallelujah. Loved ones, family members, uh, our household salvation, we take it back. Hallelujah. We take back our loved ones. Hallelujah. Amen. Serving Jesus, praise God. And we receive a recompense. Say it with me. I receive a recompense. I receive remuneration. I receive reparation. I receive restitution. I receive payback. And God settles the score on my behalf in Jesus' name. God, we thank you for that today. We thank you that you are recompensing us, giving us restitution, God, that wherever we experience loss or damage in our lives, God, we take it back in Jesus' name. And you bring something so wonderful into our lives that you cause us to forget the pain of the past. You cause us to forget the damage of the past. You cause us to forget the loss of the past for visions, for dreams, for heart's desires, God for things that you placed on the inside of us, we take it back in the name of Jesus. All of our needs are supplied, God, by your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. God, we have it all, Father. We have it all. Say it with me. I have it all. I have it all in Jesus' name. 
tell your neighbor, I'm victorious. You're victorious. <laughs> Amen? Guys, I tell you, you're it. You are amazing. You are so strong in God. You are God's favored. You are God's blessed. Amen? You are God's blessed. There is nothing that can stand in your way. The scripture says, if God be for us, who can be against us? Who can be against us? Who can condemn? It says God who justifies. Who can condemn? You can't even be condemned. Amen? Oh, I tell you, there's cause for great rejoicing. Amen? So go today and be blessed. Hallelujah. I know we took a little longer. How many of you believe it was worth it? Come on. <laughs> Come on. You are so victorious. You don't know what to do with yourself. Amen? God bless you. And if there's anyone here who needs, uh, you want specific agreement on anything, let Pastor Karen know or I, and uh, we'll do that for you. Amen? God bless you, and thank you for your fellowship. Thank you for joining us. We look to God that he will direct your steps and blessings through this week. For more information, visit us at bangercommunitychurch.co.uk or find us on Facebook.